getting a little Realms 2.0 tonight. I'm getting another extension into it. God gave me a revelation just setting right there just now. So guess who's going to get to hear it first? You are. It's very simple. It's very short. I've got to develop it. But man, am I excited to go back and mess with my people. <laughs> the worship team, when we come into worship, we read David in the Psalms and he says, Salah. Remember when he says Salah, and we pause to reflect. But the word Salah means a pause that's under tension, that there's a tension in the reflection, there's a tension in the moment. And if you look at what David did, there was about five different types of Salahs that they did in, as they were waiting in the tension. They were waiting in the tension for victory or they're waiting in the tension for something to die and give way. They were waiting in the tension and that, and that Salah, most of the time when these musicians are up here and they're playing under this tension up here, and then we're, they're waiting for the next thing. And if we're not careful, what we do is we just kind of let down a little bit. And what happens in the congregation is we let down just a little bit. And so we've taught our people to hold that tension in the worship and the congregation to hold the tension in the worship because what David did is he taught the musicians to hold that tension until the next prophetic thing opened. And they would go and go and go. And that was what the key was to the tabernacle, just moving and moving and moving and moving and moving. And sometimes what happens is we want a, we want a service to just keep going, but we're not holding the tension to get the next thing opened. And so we get content with what the two or three or six or whatever tension points we did. And there's a whole lot more of God that he wants to let go of and move us into. So now here's the revelation. The revelation is, is that we're not holding tension for victory or death or this or that like David did. The Lord spoke to me and he says, what you're holding tension for in this hour is for the realms of my son to come into the room. And you're holding a tension of honor and we come out and we honor God in our worship right out the beginning because honor opens those other realms up. But then we're holding the tension for the, for the spirit of wisdom to come or we're holding the tension for his blessing to come or we're holding the tension for his provision to come. And I just saw it so plain that we're in, we're in tension moments for the expression of God's heart to come out of heaven into our midst. And we're not in an Old Testament tension point like David was for some of those things. We're in a New Testament tension point to join heaven because what is heaven singing? They're singing about those seven dimensions of the sun in heaven right now. All glory and honor and power. They're singing those dimensions. And those dimensions are wanting to come to the earth. And the tension that's in the room is are we going to hold the tension until it comes? And you may feel that tension, and here's what we do. We get real awkward. <laughs> we get real impatient. We get real like something's got to go on. Something's got to say. Somebody's got Could Pastor Yuri get up there? Because I'm feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> you need to be uncomfortable because what God's wanting to do is bring something that's going to be uncomfortable to you. 
It's going to require a little more out of you maybe. But there's going to be a glory be revealed through it all. So I'm, I'm going to go back and I'm going to have a, I'm going to like develop a whole thing on this for my people about the way we're holding tension to shift the tension to, to those realms start to come into the room in a whole new way. Because we're kind of hitting and missing, but there's tension. Did you not feel the tension tonight? You know, we had tension points and there was, I was watching you and I was watching them. And they're, and they're, they're, they're up here kind of like wondering, well, what do I do next? Because there's tension, there's tension in this place. There's tension as they lead. And then you're under some tension too. And you know what happens? If there's enough tension in the room, something's going to give way. So don't back off of that tension when it comes. Just let it come and enjoy it and say, we're headed to a destination in God, and he's going to bring something in this next moment. And I don't know what it looks like, but it's coming. And I'm telling you, if we could, if we could just perfect that a little bit, we could ride a wave that would never end. You know, because what happens is when it kind of starts to go like this, we decide it's time to go to the bathroom. Because, you know, we didn't want to miss this. But, you know, it's kind of coasting, so I think I'm, may, no, 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 hold the tension. I know there's tension on your bladder, too. I understand that. <laughs> if, if, that, if, that tension is, if that tension is too great, please go. Okay? Can I, I can be honest, we're family. How do we get over here? But don't, don't let your mind wander when there's these tension points. Let your spirit engage and tell your mind to be quiet. And your spirit will just take you and take you and take you. And you can practice this at home as well. You can do this at home and get into those tension points of God where something else unfolds, something else unfolds, something else unfolds. So that's my little revelation I got when I was over there. So that's, that's as fresh as that can get. My gosh, Lord, help me through it all. Well, I'm going to start tonight. I want to talk about eternity. Imagine that. I want to talk about how do we open up portholes? How do we open up these realms into the, into the present moments of time that we're living in? I want to just do a couple verses here to start with Galatians 4.4. 4. And when the fullness of time was come, we're living in a fullness of time moment. God sent forth his son. He's sending his son in a new dimension into our meetings, into our hearts, into our lives. Made of a woman, made under the law, Ephesians 1.10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time. It talks about a moment of time that's coming. And when we talk about the fullness of time, we're talking about something that, has, that it holds eternity. Eternity holds the fullness of God. Everything that you have need of is not like 80% in, the, in time. It is the fullness of everything you need is in the eternal. And so I want to quote a guy by the name of Hugh Ross who, who wrote a book. He has a Ph.D., which makes him very important. <laughs> and he wrote a book, Beyond the Cosmos. And he said, eternity is not merely outside chronological time or timeless, 
It is rather the fullness of time. It's not outside of time. Time does not exist, exist in what is eternal. Time is, time is another dimension. It's, we measure time chronologically, and God measures time more by just the state of being in it. No, no time, there's no clock in heaven, there's no calendar in heaven. When you're here and you leave this place, you're there. There is like the twinkling of an eye and you're gone. You're, you've, you've moved to a new location. Now God sent his son so we could partake in heaven's fullness. In the fullness of heaven. Now if we're really honest, we're not living in fullness like we should be living in fullness. So that means there's something that we have to do to find that fullness, that time into this place. But see, Jesus stepped out of this time. He stepped out of the limitations of time and stepped into the place of fullness. And what did Jesus bring back? He brought back the fullness that was in the eternal back into this moment. And God is wanting us to step out of this, out of this dimension this earthly realm, and step into a heavenly realm, step into a place where there is the fullness. You know what is setting in heaven tonight is the completeness of God. There's nothing lacking in heaven tonight. Every need that you have is not just sitting there like you're going to get 20% if you step in. You're going to get the fullness of the need met. You'll get the fullness of God. You'll, you'll get the, the understanding that you need for the questions of your heart tonight. And so now he says that you are sons and daughters and I privilege you to step out of this time and step into that time because that time is the fullness of everything that you're looking for. That's why we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. So when we step out of this, we're stepping into what is eternal and we're stepping into what is, has the fullness. So we're setting in a moment right now that's very critical because we're setting in a moment is, that is the fullness of time. And you know what that actually means? I'll word it a different way. We're setting in a moment where we are about to create the legacy of the Son of God into the earth. We're not creating just another year on the calendar as 2022 comes on. We're creating the legacy of God. We're creating the history of the eternal in everything that you do this next year. And it'll be read in the Chronicles for all of eternity. We will pull out the books of all of our lives and we will read about each other's lives and what we have done on the earth for all of eternity. And we'll read about other people we don't even know and we will realize that how our lives were affecting all of that and so this next year is an untypical year. I have such a sense in my spirit of this next year is a critical moment of time. It is not, it is not typical. We're entering into a season of war. War like we've never warred before. No, not getting war out war. War that we know what we're doing and we're having results in the war and it's a joy to war. A new type of war is coming into the church. A new way of pursuing is coming into the church. A new way of understanding is coming. So we're not just going to sit here and like beat our chest and, and speak with like oh no, nothingness in our mouth. And I was with a leader recently, a bunch of leaders, 
And, and one of them said to me, he said, I'm tired of us decreeing into the wind. We got to start decreeing into the realms. We got to start decreeing into second heaven. We got to take authority in those places and step into those places to create the history of God. It, it, it's our moment, folks, to shine. It's the moment for us that we have dreamt about of what we would do with our lives and how our lives would leave not just a mark in the earth, but cut a furrow through it. Something that when you're walking across the field and you find it, you're going to trip over it. You know what I'm saying? That's a furrow. You know, we used to plow. You don't plow anymore. You no-till, you know. I was raised on a farm. Man, when, it, when we plowed that ground over, I hated walking on plowed ground chasing cattle. Oh my gosh, what a trudgery that was. Those legs were wore out. Well, God's wanting us to leave a pathway like that with our lives. Not just a little, I ran the hoe across and there's a little, you know, wasn't, weren't you there? Yeah, it'll be filled in in a couple minutes. No, he wants us to make a gouge into the earth. He wants to start to, to redeem this earth. And, it, and we're in that fullness of time of God's legacy. And so there's really an entrance tonight. Second Peter 1.11 says this, For an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom. Remember, I took the word kingdom and I put the word realm in there. There is an entrance for you abundantly into the everlasting realm. The ruling of God, the reigning of God, the reign of God. And it's, an, it, and it's not just a typical entrance. It is an invitation is what that word means. It means to journey to a place that you're going to visit and become accustomed to. And he said there's, a, there's an abundant, abundant way of doing it, which means extremely abounding. See, God isn't wanting us to just kind of like do some little hopscotch and I'm over there thing. He wants us to come into something that's got some meat on the bone and has some impact in our lives. So you've been invited to this entire place of abundance, this entire place of completeness, this entire place of fullness. And that's what's coming into the earth because what's going to redeem the earth is the fullness of God, the completeness of God, the original intentions of God are coming back into the earth and the Spirit is brooding over this earth right now and brooding over us as a people and He's wanting to blow upon us fresh and new and it's going to require something of us to receive that. But there's a way... And it's the way of an altar. There has to be a way that we get there. Because you see where I'm at is I'm always trying to figure out what can I say to all of us that we can all go to a destination in God. I'm not wanting to see a, 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 a person go and everybody tries to follow. I was, I, it's, it's time for the whole body to go. No stragglers, nobody left behind. Everybody has a place. Everybody's got a portion. Everybody can go on the journey. Nobody, nobody has to be left out. You all have a role to play in this moment of time. You have a role to play in building the history of God. You have a role to play in the legacy of God. I like the word legacy. You know, that's why we, 
we named our school Legacy because God wants us to leave something behind for another generation, if there is another generation. He wants us to plan as if we're going to take this thing for a thousand years and just keep right on moving. I don't hope it's not a thousand years. I hope it's a hundred years. But some people are saying it'd be 300 years. I don't, I don't know. All I know is I got to do what I got to do while I got to do. You know, I cannot sit here and not do. I got I to gotta, I gotta spend my life for what he wants to do on the earth. And the rest of this is all going to pass away anyway, so who really cares? Every time there was an altar made, there was a sacrifice given. We can see it with Abraham. We can see it with Noah. We can see it with many of them throughout the scriptures. But every time an altar was made and a sacrifice was given, the altar was generally named with the revelation they were receiving. And there's a name that God wants to give you of the revelation that you receive in this hour. And it's going to be unique to the revelation that you receive for yourself and to what you're building in the earth. I am really emphasizing this next year, what are you building from heaven into the earth? You have been assigned a portion of heaven, access into heaven, to pull that to the earth, to begin to build blocks that the church would start to grow and become who he said it would be. And that means that we all have a portion. It's not just me that I have to labor and struggle to do this. You have to labor and struggle to do this too. We all got to work at this. What I found out about Noah and what I started seeing is, is every time there was a sacrifice, there was, there was an animal that was killed, wasn't there? And I looked at the life of Noah and I saw something hidden in his life. And what I saw was, as you know, we have the thing, he took the animals on the ark two by two, which is not really true. He took the animals on the ark by, what, sevens, multiples. Why did he take the animals on the ark by multiples? Were we thinking that one of them was going to die, and then we, you know, or we were eating them, or what's going on? And the Lord started speaking to me, and he said, no, Noah took sacrifices on the ark. Because he knew that if he went onto that ark, he wanted to make sacrifices unto God and open up these portholes because what God had said to him, I think probably scared him a little bit. And God has got their sacrifices. You see, the Lord told me three years ago, he said, you will see the fire come when men make ministries, uh, altars of their ministries and lay themselves on it as a sacrifice. Then you'll see this come, this fire that you want come. And he told me specifically for our state, the fire that you want will come from within. It will not come from without. And I believe that's for everybody. He's wanting us to build altars of, of ministries, that this would be an altar when you come in here, that there would be sacrifice that's given when you come in here. And that the fire could come down and begin to consume what's in here. This fire that's coming is not going to be a, a, it'll be pleasing when it's finished, but it's going to be a smoking thing when it happens. It's going to burn up some dross. It's going to burn up some things. It's going to purify some things that need to be touched. 
but it's going to be okay in the very end of things. So I went into, I went into a realm. I've been going into realms and seeing things and doing things and experiencing things. And when I say I'm going into a place, I'm going into a place. I'm not having a vision. I'm going into a place. And my wife walks in on me in my office, and I'm like in a trance-like state because I'm not there, folks. And I'm seeing things and I'm experiencing things. And I went into a realm and I saw an altar that was burning. And I saw angels ascending and descending in this flame. And they were coming down into the earth, but they were coming up out of the earth. They literally were ascending first and coming down second. And there's altars that we got to build because if we're wanting to open up heaven... There has to be a fragrance that comes up out of the earth. You see, we're waiting for heaven to come down and God's waiting for us to go up. He's waiting for you to ascend. There's great and marvelous things he wants to show you. There's things that you have no words for. Like I said last night, there are things that you will not be able to describe to people. It'll look like this, the appearance of this, the likeness of this. There are things that are coming. Every time, every time in the scripture there was an altar made, there were angels connected with altars, connected with fire, connected with flames. And the Lord told me this. He said, the ladders of heaven are coming again. There's going to be opening porthole openings where there'll be ladders start to be rising into the heavens out of the earth as people start to build altars with their hearts. And the Lord told me, he said, the generals that are coming because we're in a, we're in a mode where there's a, a shifting of the generals that's leading in this hour. Ones are dying out, ones are burning out, ones are retiring out, ones are just, they're no longer around, they're falling out. And he said, the generals coming are going to be the ones that know how to go into those realms and access those things and bring those things into the, and from the heavens back down. They're going to be the ones that know how to build an altar with their heart and their ministries. And the ones that do that are going to train people how to access the dimensions of those realms so they can move in those dimensions. And we're starting to see the training of, that, of the dimensions of realms. We're starting to see... How to, how to heal, how to prophesy, how to move with the word of wisdom. We, we've been doing it for a long time, but we don't understand. We're connecting into something that's greater that's coming into the earth. And God's not wanting us just to have a little bless me moment or a little healing moment. He's wanting an entire realm that carries that to just drop down on us. And when those realms start coming upon us, just like they spoke and they said, let boldness come upon us. And the whole place starts shaking. Why is it shaking? Because a realm is descending. And they're saying, God, I want this boldness. I want this power, the realm of power of the sun. I want that into my life. I want to have courage to speak. And what we've done is many times a realm starts descending and we're all shaking and quaking and we think we're shaking and quaking under an anointing and there's more happening in the unseen realm. A whole realm is coming down upon you and we don't know how to deal with it. We don't know how to respond to it. Our bodies are having problems. I think some of it comes back to what I talked about. We aren't holding tension. 
Because when you hold tension, you have an expectation. And when you have an expectation, you start to realize what you're going after. So we look at Jacob, don't we? With Jacob's ladder in Genesis 28. And we see that Jacob's been on a journey. And he's fleeing from his brother Esau. And he tarries all night and he has this dream, doesn't he? You all know these stories. I'm not telling you anything new. Has this dream, this dream sitting there. And he comes out of this and he says, this is, this is the house of God. This is Bethel. This is the gate of heaven. This is the opening I've been looking for. This is the porthole end of the whole thing. I found it. What was he doing? He was laying on a stone. He had a stone as a pillow. What does he do with the stone? He builds an altar. He takes that stone and he shifts it. He puts it from laying flat to an upright position. He shifts the stone and pours oil on it. And he creates an altar to God. And he says, there's something here about this place. There's something here. You start looking at that word stone, it's a representation of a heart. He was sleeping with his heart in a, in a horizontal position before God. And when he moved that and moved that stone to a vertical position, he was realigning his heart. And his heart was coming into an alignment with heaven. He poured oil on it. Sleeping is symbolic of death. The church is sleeping. People are sleeping in this hour. You're one of the few that have, are awakening and coming into awakening in your heart. I'm looking for the awakening that sweeps entire cities sweeps through a place and everyone has to contend with what God is doing. They may not all get converted, but they're going to have to contend with what God is doing. They're going to have to make some final decisions. That's what I'm, that's my, what I'm hoping to see before I die. I want to see that in the earth. He comes to this place of this realignment, of this resurrection of his heart. And he says, I got to give my heart to God in this whole situation. And I'm going to let him pour the oil. I'm going to pour the oil on it. We're pouring oil on all kinds of things, but not our heart. Question I have is, well, let me read it here in Genesis 28, 22. And this stone, which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and all of that thou hast given me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. I read it like this. And this heart has been set for a pillar and shall be God's house, and I will give all that's setting inside of it. Where is your heart tonight? Where, where are you building that your heart becomes a pillar of God's presence. It becomes that place where he reigns, where he takes over, where he, he becomes the opening into the heavens. 
John 10, 9, he said, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and go in and out and find pasture. Go in and out of what? In and out of your day, in and out of your house, in and out of situations, in and out of realms. You'll go in and out if you'll come through that door. If you allow that door to be formed, you know, I talked about it last night, that door, the invitation to come through into something you've never seen. The one that I love is the one when Jesus is talking to Nathaniel in, first, in John 1, 47 through 51, 51, he says it like this, and he says unto him, verily, verily, I say unto you, verily, verily, truly, truly, this is very important, don't miss it. That's what that verily, verily means. Don't miss this. Hereafter you shall see what? Heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending. It's starting on the earth and it's coming up. The pattern of God always is starting on the earth. You see, we're, we're almost praying amiss when we say, God, let heaven come down. And he's like saying, no, why don't you open up the way from the earth on up there? Something's coming, got to come up. Something's got to come onto the altar. Something has to ascend like incense into the, into the heavens. But there's a key word. Key words are so important, and we read right by them. And I'll tell you what, they're all the little words. They're all the little dinky words. He says, hereafter. And what we assume is, is we assume that something's coming. Hereafter, something's coming. Something's in the future. You know what it actually means? It means this. From now forward. From now forward. From now forward, everything's about to change. Everything's going through a metamorphosis. Now forward. We are in a now forward moment. The demarcation of God is coming into the earth. He is like literally driving a stake again into the earth like the stake of the cross was driven down. He's driving something into the earth and he's saying, from this point forward, you're going to see things in a different light. Now forward. What's setting now forward? The completeness of God, the fullness of God, the eternal of God, all of that that we're looking to have come into the earth, that we desire to have so much into the earth. He says in John 10, 9, I am the door. And he says, if any man enters in, he'll be saved. He'll go in and out and find pasture. He says that to Nathaniel. He says, he says it, he says, I want to take you to a place where you go in and out. So literally when you start looking at what he's saying in that context, he's saying to Nathaniel, there is an access that you are about to gain that has never been seen before. And we're in that same moment of time of access into things we've never experienced before. I don't know where you're all at, but I bet you all are experiencing things in God you can't explain. You're wondering about it. I'm wondering about it for myself. I'm wondering how I can help you explain it. I'm wondering how I can help you get, at, get to the place that you're embracing it. So here's where we're at. We struggle with truth. We have a major, major struggle when truth comes. We analyze it. We speculate on it. 
We decide how it fits the truth that I know. We go through a whole process of, of deciding if that truth is going to be something I'm going to receive. Well, I want to tell you what the word truth means in the New Testament, in the Greek. Aletheia. Aletheia. I think I'm saying that right. It means the unveiled reality lying at the basis of and agreeing with an appearance. Something has to be seen. There's an appearance that's being made. Because here's what happens. Truth connects us into the realities of realms of heaven coming to the earth. And that's what he said to Nathaniel. I'm bringing you a truth. Life as you know it now ends. Something new is beginning. There's going to be an appearance that you'll know it's true. A whole lot of people are waiting for an appearance of something. People outside these walls are waiting. You're waiting. I'm waiting. The question is, are we just going to sit and wait? Or are we going to say, from this place forward, everything changes? I don't know about you, but I can't keep living in what I see. i got to start living in what he says. i got to start living in the truth that's supposed to be. Nicodemus. The story of Nicodemus, he acknowledges what Jesus is doing. And he says to him, he says, the only way somebody can do what you're doing is because you're in union with the one who does it. You see, that has to be our portion tonight. The only reason we can do anything that we do is because we became into union with him. Remember it said in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. One spirit. You're either joined tonight or you're not joined. And if you're joined, you're in one spirit, which means you have access into everything he has access in. That's your portion tonight. Let's look at the word glory. The word glory. In the Hebrew, kavod can mean kavod, can mean a lot of different, there's a lot of different meanings. I'm going to talk about the spelling. The spelling, when you start to spell the letters and what the letters mean, the three letters that spell it, it means hand on the inner house door. We want God's glory to come, and he's wanting us to put our hand in the inner house door. What door is that? The inner place of his heart. It's the holiest of holies. It's that inner chamber. Remember Song of Solomon? He talks about the lock and the fumbling with the lock. And the, and the, the, bride, bridegroom, the bridegroom is at the door and the bride is in the bed and she's made herself ready. She's made her, she's made her, she's went to bed, which means that she's prepared and she's washed her feet and she's climbed in her bed. And this knock is coming. And he's at the door and he's, he's fumbling around with the lock. And she finally gets up. And there's this residue that's left, and he's already departed. That's what it's talking about. It's talking about that he's coming for that inner place, that inner lock and that inner chamber, and he's wanting us to unlock it. He's wanting us to 
come, if we're wanting that glory, then what are we doing to grab the inner chamber of His heart? What are we doing to open that way? Which gets back to altars, doesn't it? It, Like it keeps spinning back about, what am I going to lay down? Uh, What did you have of any value? Your house, your car, your wallet? The most valuable thing you have to give is of yourself, your heart. To hold nothing back. I better find an exit plan, hadn't I? So Nicodemus says, we see that you're doing things because you're aligned and one with him. Other people saw it as well. We come to the place where Mary, Mary saw it. And she saw it with the water turning into wine. A wedding feast. Wedding feast. It's amazing. It's the it's a, it's a place of honor. And in that place, Mary says, do what he says. And when you start looking at the wording, you can tell that Mary has seen him do some things before this moment of time. She knows that something's up, and she's like, I know he'll do it. Just follow the directions. Follow the instructions. It's amazing. And you know what it says? This was the beginning of miracles. Now, how can it be the beginning of miracles if miracles are already happening and Mary already knew? What is he talking about? Because we know he did miracles before that. And Nicodemus said, you can't do these things unless you're connected with him. And Mary says, do what he says because it's happened before. Well, what's he talking about? I'm going to tell you what he's talking about. It was the beginning of a new moment of time in the earth where he was beginning to open the realms of heaven to come to the earth. Every time those realms open, it's a miracle that comes down upon us. It it comes in and it starts to, to shift the atmospheres and shift our hearts, and everything starts to look and take on a different demeanor. And when Mary said that, it's the beginning. This was the beginning, it says. And you know what the definition is? It means the rule, the power, the dominion. The priority, the preeminent. More than just a miracle, there was something happening of authority and governing that was coming in that moment of time at that wedding. And this was the beginning of miracles. So I started looking at those miracles. And I started looking at these miracles in relationship to the Son. And there's seven miracles that are recorded that are only recorded in like one gospel. And so I started looking at those miracles that happened after that point of wedding time, and I started seeing this whole scenario start to play out of those those realms that are seen in Revelation 9, 10, and 11 of glory and honor and power and wisdom and strength and might and blessing and, and provision and all of that riches. I saw those miracles in what Jesus was doing And it kind of goes like this. He turned the water into wine in John 2, and that was the realm of honor because it was wedding time. And we're in a wedding time moment. He's preparing a bride. This, This is a major time of preparation for us to come into the fullness of what we're supposed to be. Another miracle was when he healed the nobleman's son. It was the realm of powers in John 4. And suddenly, here comes the power of God and, he, and this, this boy is completely transformed and healed and, and set free. 
There was another miracle, the healing of the lame man in the pool of Bethesda in John 5, and that is the place of blessing. And you know what happened in that miracle? From that point forward, that pool did not get the blessing. You couldn't sit there and dive in and get it every year. It dried up at that point. It, it's like Jesus said, I'm coming to set something new in order, and it's greater than you've ever been. You don't have to sit here and labor for a year for this thing to come around and come around, and maybe I can get in. I was always thinking like, well, if I really needed that, wouldn't I just sit at the edge of the pool, like ready just to relax my muscles so I fall in? If I'm that desperate for something. But there was a season where the angel came and troubled those waters. Jesus said, no, I'm coming now to trouble those waters. I'm coming to open up something where you don't have to wait on an angel to come. You don't have to wait for a time. Because the fullness of time has come. It's already here. The completeness of what you're looking for is already here. Just step into it. He brings that in John and John, uh, whatever, whatever, five. John six, five thousand are fed. The riches of God, the provision of God, and he just—it's amazing. When I started seeing this, walking on the water, John six, the strength of God, the might of God, that dominion of God, that authority of God over all of those things. Opening the eyes of the blind man, John nine, wisdom, spiritual eyes, spiritual understanding open. The resurrection of Lazarus, John 11, the glory. I saw all those realms and all those miracles. I started like seeing this pattern of God that was like running in Jesus' life. And it all comes back here where he had that conversation with Nathaniel and Nicodemus. And he said, from this point forward, it's going to be real different, folks. And I believe that is the moment we are in right now. We are in a from this point forward moment. And it cannot be the way it has always been. It will never be that, that way. You know, it, he wants to do something brand new in the earth. Brand spanking new. So now we come back kind of to where we started with Jacob in Genesis. We come back to that place where there was this altar that was made. I feel like you... you you, this place is, a, is an altar. This place is an altar in God. This place is a place where angels ascend and descend because many of you have laid your lives and your hearts on it. This is a place where God says from this point forward, it's never going to be the same. This is that place. So now I have a word for you. I have something out of the scripture I promise for you that comes out of what he experienced at that house of Bethany, that place. And I want to read it to you. It ties into things. You'll see. In Genesis 28, 13 through 15, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac, and the land wherein thou liest to thee I will give it. He will give you this land and to thy seed and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and the north and the south and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. 
that realm of blessings coming into this region, into this territory. It's coming into this land. It's coming into your seed. It's coming into your children. It's coming into your inheritance. It's coming into your legacies. It's coming into your families. And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places, whether you go, and I will bring thee again into the land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of. He has determined, he has sovereignly determined the destiny of you as a people sitting here in this place and what you're going to do with your lives in this moment of time. He has sovereignly determined it. There is nothing you can do to stop it from coming. It is a commanded blessing. A commanded blessing is whether you want it or not, it's coming. He ordained it to be your portion in this hour and in this time. That is coming down from heaven and it's not just coming upon you. It's coming upon your children and your youth and your babies and ones that you don't even know of yet. It's coming. It's coming upon people that come through those doors and they give their heart on an altar. And it's not just this altar up here. It's the altar that's setting here. It's this place here where the fire needs to start to come down into it. And the angels got to start ascending and descending. There's a portal opening here, folks. It's what's unique about you. And I don't know if you see it, if you feel it, if you know it, but you've got to grab hold of it. There are people waiting for you to emerge as the ones that know the promises of God. And God is with you. Emmanuel is with you. And you are connected with Him, one in spirit. And you're bringing those things of heaven into the earth. And people know it. And they'll come from all over to experience it. That's your word. That's, that is a promise to you right out of Scripture. And God spoke that to me before I even came. And He said, this is their portion. This is what I'm doing in this hour. And it's, it is what He wants you to grab hold of tonight. And say, and just like say in your heart, God, I, I lay my heart on an altar. I make my, my heart an altar to you. And I grab hold of this tonight. And this is my portion. And from this place forward, like you said, Nathaniel, I'm going to see things that I never saw. And I'm going to see that promise descend into the earth because I decided to ascend up into it. That's where God is with you tonight. And I know it in my spirit. And I'm waiting. I'm going to tell you something. Whoever gets it broke open, I'm going to beg God to move there. I don't, you know, it's like, God, can you release me out of my assignment? I got to go. And I, I go to a lot of places, and I'm telling you, you got so much potential to accomplish this mission and this assignment. You've got so much resting on you tonight. And it isn't pressure to try to perform and be. I'm saying God has favored you with a favor that's unbelievable. A favor that people, people are longing to see. And it's your portion tonight. It's what God has for you. He 
See, God's, God's, he wants to change the water in, into wine. He wants to raise Lazarus with you. He wants to do those seven miracles. He wants, he wants you to have that, those tension points in this worship to, to not just, we had a really good song time, didn't we? Wasn't it wonderful? No, he wants you to open up a realm that brings those kinds of miracles into your midst. And you don't have to invite and promote. God will promote himself. He'll tug on people's hearts. The Holy Spirit will draw them in a supernatural way. We won't have to labor and struggle and strive. It's because we've been with him, one in spirit. We're connected with him in, in what we're doing. And I know a lot of you came up here last night and you answered a call to come and all of that, and, and it's great. And that was just an invitation to go through the door. I'm, I'm talking now about an invitation to change the, the course of everything as you know it. To shift it into a new dimension of God. Someone's going to do it. People are contending. They don't know what to do. They're striving. They're doing what they can do. And I'm going to tell you, God's going to move on some of it in spite of all of it. He's just going to come. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming like the wind and the sun in the morning, just as sure as ever. He's coming. And there isn't going to be anything you can do to stop it. And I'm telling you, you've got to make a decision. And here's your decision. You're either going to be in the midst of it, leading it, or you're going to be on the sideline looking at it. And it's going to be a whole lot more exciting to be in the very midst of it instead of peering at it from afar. Yeah, you're going to get everything that everybody else gets, but what portion do you really want? And I've decided I'm going to get in the midst of it somehow. If I've got to fight my way in there, I'm going to get it. You know? There's, there's things that I want from God that I have not seen with my eyes. And I've seen about every miracle there is. And there's a life in the Spirit that I'm contending for that must be. And I'm doing what I can to join myself to the Lord. And I was coming in tonight and I was singing and all I could sing is, God, your glory's coming down. Over and over and over and over in my spirit, your glory's coming. Your glory's coming. Your glory's coming. My spirit was soaring in it. And I didn't care about the meeting. I'm sorry. I just cared that his glory was coming. And it was coming. Father, tonight, God, I just say, come. Fire of God, come. Glory, come. Father, just come and visit with our hearts tonight. Come and visit in those secret places of our hearts. We come out of sleeping and we come into attention. We come into the place of altar. We come into the place where we pour the oil upon it, Father. It's your oil that you're anointing our hearts. Become your pillar in your house. 
It's you inside of us. It's not us. It's the great exchange. It's, it's the fire that comes and licks up the water and even takes the stones of the altar. Father, would you do a work inside of me tonight? God, would you take me into another place in you? Not for myself, for the sake of so many, God, that longed for it. God, I ask for that authentic reality, that origin intention of you that was at the beginning of time and, you, and the earth was formed for it to be fulfilled and you brooded over it and you breathed into it and you tended to it and you hadn't been tending after it. And then here we are. And God, I, I say forgive us for the legacy that we would leave, but God embrace us for the legacy you'll form. And God, I believe for our children and our children's children and our youth, I believe, God, that you're going to, they are these seeds of righteous planting of the Lord into the earth in this hour. And you will cause them to spring up and they'll take the land and they won't take it with the religious structures and institutional thinking that we have formed, but they'll take it by your spirit and your realms descending because they know how to interact with you. So, Father, would you do a work in our hearts tonight? And we lay everything aside, Father, and we say, just come. In your subtle gentleness, just come. In your loving way, just come. In your mercy, come. In your grace, come. And in the fullness and the completeness of heaven, come. Just come, Father. I honor you tonight. I honor. I honor you, God. I honor you. I honor you. Father, just speak to every heart. Holy Spirit, form, form, complete the formation. Bring it into a completeness where it's no longer I that lives, but it's Him. And I just keep seeing the word sovereign, sovereign, sovereign just keeps coming. I just keep seeing it. That you are a sovereign, a, you are in a sovereign moment of time as a sovereign people of God to perform a sovereign work for him. It is untypical. It is not normal. It's supposed to be. And this moment of time is not Kronos, and it's not even Keros, it's Kratos, it is dominion time.
The clock is striking dominion time. It's a dominion moment. It's a dominion moment. It's a dominion moment to take dominion, to take dominion over your thoughts and your life, to take dominion over territories and regions. It's, a, to take, it's the time to take dominion over demonic forces and principalities and powers. It is a time of dominion. It is a dominion time. It's as if the, the, the clock is striking it. The sound and frequency of it is permeating through the atmosphere of this region. Father, I thank you tonight that we sat in this moment of time and we make decisions to go forward into time where time no longer controls us, but it's the fullness that begins to control us and the completeness of you that controls us because that's what eternal, eternal time is. Hmm. Father, I thank you that you would take, take our kids, our children into these things as well. Visit with them, God. Visit with them in the night season when they're sleeping. Let them have dreams and visions. But God, I ask for more. I ask for them that you would begin to capture and take them away into the realms. You take them into a union a John 17 union, a oneness with your son. And when they come out, God, may they do miracles and signs and wonders. May they do things that we're longing to see through our children and our youth. As we, as we stand here today in this place, God, we have opened up a porthole into, into the heavens. And now, God, I declare an expansion into the region, an expansion that begins to engulf like an umbrella that it would come upon this region. The outpouring of your spirit in our hearts would become the sound and frequency of the region, Father, that as it begins to descend out of heaven, God, that the earth would begin to feel the pressure of heaven descending into it and it would give way, that demonic forces would give way, that men's hearts would give way, that the excuses and men's minds would have to give way. And Father, I say you're bringing something with such force and power that there'll be nothing that'll stand against it to oppose it. I say, God, it will come with an intensity, God, that will confront the excuses even of our own hearts and our hearts will have to give way to it. God, you will begin to crack open the hardness of places that men thought could never be opened up. You'll begin to contend into the secret places and the places of darkness and they will give way in Jesus' name. They will give way in Jesus' name. The evil intention of men's hearts that is being pushed into the atmosphere trying to control, I say you will give way in Jesus' name. You will give way. You will bow to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You will give way to the ecclesia arising. You will give way to the realms descending and your knee will bow to all that God's people will hold and carry. The kingdom has come with power and 
force. It's invading the land. I declare an invasion of heaven into the earth, an invasion of the kingdom of God into the earth. I declare it would descend down with force and power, with force and power and a dividing sword even. I say let it come tonight in Jesus' name into the region and territory. saw a vision of it, of what I'm talking about years ago where men heard the sound of the Spirit of God coming into cities. And they were meeting in bars and they were saying, did you hear it's coming? It's coming our way. It'll be here in three days. The wind's coming. We can't escape it. It's, it's blowing. It's coming through. It's going to come. We better enjoy ourselves because when it comes, we won't be able to any longer. And I saw it coming like a sweeping, sweeping fire just going through a city in a moment of time. And men's hearts were just captured. It was a working of the Spirit. It wasn't revival meetings. It weren't the meetings that we th think of. It was just God sovereignly coming. Because of people were contending and it opened something and said, we're going to advance, we're going to march, we're going to carry this thing. It's coming. And he's going before us. And you already had them saved before they came into the city. And city after city was falling. So God, I say we're bringing the fullness of heaven, the completeness of heaven into the earth tonight. We're bringing eternity into the earth and all that it holds into this place, into this region. And God, I believe that we will hear the reports of men giving way. And we will see with our eyes and hear with our ears those things that must be. God's bringing us into a seamless grace. A seamless grace with no breaking in it. The early church was in a seamless grace.
I want to say this, and then I'm, I have nothing else. to the people here. I stand with you in this tension till these things shall be. I will carry this tension and hold it by faith until we all attain and see it together. 